Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi, and I am your host. And we have a relatively short show today, so let's jump right into it. First, I have a request. I would like to know from all of the Tesla, and more specifically Model 3 owners out there, if you have any gift ideas for a new Model 3 owner, there's somebody in my life who just got a Model 3, or is actually, they haven't actually received it yet, they'll be receiving it soon, and I wanted to get them something nice, but as I do not have a Tesla, or any electric vehicle for that matter, What kind of snafus are they going to run into? What kind of things are they going to need just to make their lives easier? So I'm open to any suggestions. If you can email me, I would appreciate it. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918Digital. Thank you very much in advance. And then also, we're giving away that Frunk Puppy Cup, which is a, a nice tumbler to keep your hot drinks hot and your cool drinks cool. That'll be on December 18th. All you have to do is email me. And tell me you want to be entered into the drawing. Patreon supporters will receive two entries and non-Patreon supporters will receive one entry. But everybody has a chance to win. And it's a really cool tumbler from at 28 delays later. Or the Earl of Frunk Puppy, as he is known. He's a really prolific tweeter. Go check him out. And yeah, I also have some stuff. Waymo sent me a box. And they didn't send me a box, I'm pretty sure, because I do this podcast. They did, They sent me a box because I'm a member of their beta test. And they sent this box with a bunch of cool, just a little odds and ends of Waymo stuff. So I'm going to give it to you guys. I don't have the box in the room with me at the moment, but there's five or six things in there. So if you want something, and it's going to be completely random, if you would like something from Waymo, please send me an email, Bodie at 918digital. And as far as the Waymo stuff, if you just ask for it, I will send it. You might, if you're not a Patreon supporter, you'll have to give me your address, but I'll just send it out to you. You don't even have, it's not even a contest. Just say, Hey, I want something from Waymo and I'll send something random from the Waymo box. And I'll let everybody know when we are done with that. If you want to become a Patreon supporter, you can go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com. We only have one tier and that tier is a dollar. 
one buck a month. That's all. And for that, you get stickers, which cost more than a dollar. You get a handwritten thank you card from myself and you get access to our kilowatt slack. So if you're interested, just go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt, or like I said, support kilowatt.com and you can support the show there. All the money goes to support production. None of the money goes into my pocket. So let's jump to the news. Lucid Motors has finished the first phase of their AMP-1, which stands for Advanced Manufacturing Plant, factory in Casa Grande, Arizona. This factory is going to be on 590 acres when it's all said and done, which is really impressive. This puts Lucid on track to start production of the Lucid Air Dream Edition, which is a really fancy, super expensive one. Production on that should start spring of 2021, which is amazing. And eventually... They think they can get up to 30,000 vehicles annually out of this one factory, but there's going to be many factories on this site. So pretty cool for Lucid. Aptera announced their three-wheeled solar-ish powered EV. So if you don't know about Aptera, they're a really good, cool company that I have actually followed for quite some time now. Their vehicle looks like the fuselage of an airplane. Did I say fuselage or fuselage? Anyway, it looks like the fuselage of an airplane. And it has solar panels mounted on the top and along the back of the vehicle. So it's nice, long, and sleek. Uh, these solar panels will give the car an extra 45-mile range. Now, Avatera came out with some pretty amazing range numbers, like up to a 1,000 miles. I am not going to quote any of that range stuff because right now aptera hasn't put out a car they're taking reservations aptera has been around for a while so man this is sierra was still in high school so it was more than five years ago six years ago i started looking at aptera because i wanted to buy a more affordable ev because at the time the model s was sixty seventy thousand dollars still and that was just out of my price range so I looked towards Aptera and their whole thing was is we're going to be a efficient and affordable EV. And even though it looks really bizarre, it looks like I said, it looks like an airplane fuselage, just really bizarre. But I bought into it for whatever reason, they weren't able to get that technology to work. So they decided they were going to put in a small motor in the vehicle. And then after they were able to ramp up with a small motor, they would convert to an EV. Unfortunately, something happened, and I don't think they were able to produce any of these Aptiras that had the motor in them. So I'm not really sure how they got the money to go back to the original plan, which is to have a vehicle with solar panels on it and electric. So we're in a, a weird spot with Aptera. I don't believe that they are in any way fraudulent as a company. However, building an electric car, building anything for that matter is difficult. And I'm cautiously optimistic. I would really like these cars to start rolling off the assembly line, but we're looking at a cost of $26,000, which is not cheap, but also is relatively affordable all the way up to $47,000. For a company that has a couple of missteps in their manufacturing launches, 
I would be cautious, but I'm also very optimistic because I like the folks who are building this car. Everything that I've seen about the company, they seem to be earnest in what they're pursuing. It doesn't seem to be a scam. I just think that because building an electric vehicle is so difficult and it costs so much money, I I just think they've had some missteps and Every misstep, as if it's early on in the process, it's relatively easy to fix. But if it's later in the process, it gets to be quite expensive to fix. So hopefully, Aptera can pull it out this time. Fingers crossed. Hyundai has revealed their new modular electric platform, the eGMP. This is very similar to the skateboard platform that Tesla uses or VW is using the MEV platform. Our Rivian, I think, has said that they're going to license out their electric platform. It's just a fancy way of saying that Hyundai has a platform for the Hyundais, the Kias, the Genesis, and the Ionic brands to build their EV future. We are looking at the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration once again. They are investigating some suspension failures in Model S's and X's. These cars were produced between 2015 and 2017. Recently, Tesla recalled 30,000 Model S and X vehicles shipped to China with similar issues. Tesla does say that these issues occur in less than 1% of the vehicles shipped. Again, I feel like I say this every week. But an investigation is not necessarily a guarantee that the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration will find anything wrong. And I'll go back to this. Manufacturing is hard. And when you manufacture something at scale, you're like, oh, we didn't realize that these issues are going to come up if you drive the vehicle this way. Or maybe some of the components weren't road tested as well as they should have been. It's just things like that. LG Chem will be doubling battery cell production to keep up with Tesla's demand, which is awesome. These are going to be 2170 cells, which go in the Model Y and the Model 3. So just to keep you up to speed, right now Tesla is buying battery cells from Panasonic, LG Chem, CATL, and then they're making their own limited number of cells at the Fremont factory, which are, I believe, the 4680 cells, which aren't going into vehicles at this moment that we know of. But Tesla went for the longest time. They were getting their battery cells from Panasonic and then maybe some third-party manufacturers. They are really ramping up their production. They have three main suppliers just to support what they're building now and in the near future. Goodness only knows what's going to go on in terms of production a year, two years down the road. They might even have to add a fourth or fifth battery partner in there. LG Chem, I think, had eight lines dedicated to Tesla, and now they've bumped theirs up to 17 cell lines, which I think I read was like 4 million. I didn't write it down. It's 4 million battery cells a month or something like that, or a year. It's a, It was just an insane number. Uh, I don't know if you can tell. I feel a little off. My timing on this show is off. I Physically, I feel fine, but I can't figure out why. My brain is moving so much slower than my mouth. So sorry about that. Anyway, moving on. Tesla has been contacting Cybertruck reservation holders, trying to get them to purchase or lease Tesla vehicles that you can get now. So basically, it's like a stopgap. Hey, wouldn't you rather own a Model 3 than your ICE vehicle while you're waiting for your Cybertruck? Now, they didn't actually contact me. So that's a sad face, but 
They're contacting other people, according to the Electrek story that I read. Elon Musk received the Axel Springer Award for Astonishing Life Accomplishments. And this is obviously in Germany because that's where Axel Springer is. When he was there, they did a Q&A and Elon was asked about level five full self-driving. And this is what he had to say. I am extremely confident of achieving full autonomy and releasing it to Tesla, to the Tesla customer base next year, which would be 2021. But I think some jurisdictions are going to allow full self-driving next year. Now, I don't think you should get your hopes up simply because this is Elon. He's endlessly optimistic about this stuff. And what he thinks might happen in a year is three years down the road. And we're still hoping for these things to happen. I'm going to cut that Q&A section that he had with the Axel Springer interview. I'm going to cut it up for next week's Patreon exclusive. So look for that, patrons. Elon also said at this event that he would be open to having a discussion about merging with a legacy automaker. And a lot of hay is being made about this statement. I would not give it too much thought unless the merger would somehow allow Elon to be at the top of the C-suite or Tesla was about to go bankrupt. I don't really see this as a possibility. Now, having said that, it'd be very irresponsible for Tesla not to have those conversations. Yeah, I'm sure that they're open to discussing this, but I do not think that they would just be like any old legacy automaker comes along and we want to merge with you. And Tesla would be like, sure. I don't think that's going to happen. Technically, Tesla could buy a legacy automaker. You just get all the problems that legacy automakers have. That portion of it doesn't make any sense at all. But some people are hypothesizing with their market cap, they could purchase some of these companies. I just don't, that doesn't make any sense to me because they're just purchasing a bag of hurt, if I'm being honest. All right, we're almost done here. Tesla is launching a commercial EV charging arm to focus on charging stations for apartment complexes. That's not the only thing the commercial EV charging group will be doing, but that's the thing that kind of caught my eye. I am a person who has lived in apartment complexes for a a large portion of my adult life, maybe even more. I've probably spent more time in apartments than I have in our houses. It's probably like 50-50 at this point because I've only owned two houses in my life. And one of the things that I have found to be universally true out of all the apartment places that I've ever lived at is that apartment complexes aren't there to make your life easier. They are there to make money. So if they're going to put in EV charging stations, for instance, I believe that they might do that. However, I don't think that they're going to put enough in to be able to support, excuse me, a community of EV owners. And it's going to be more hassle than it's worth for the people who own the EVs. Like I was in San Diego and we were staying at an Airbnb in this condo complex and the complex had like a huge five-story garage. This thing was enormous and the condo itself was so large, not the condo uh, that we were staying in, but the complex was so large that it was difficult to find where our condo was. And we were there for four days. So it's not like just a day or two. There was some times that were like, I, I can't remember. Is this the hallway? They all look the same. Anyway, they had probably 10 or 15 charging stations for various types of EVs, which is more than I'd seen anywhere else 
But even then, I don't know if that would be enough to support all of the electric vehicles for people who live in that community. Because there were a lot of different, not just Teslas, there are a lot of different electric vehicles in that building. And I realized that not maybe not everybody's going to charge there or maybe not everybody needs to charge at the same time. I just don't see apartment complexes thinking or saying that it makes financial sense to put a bunch of charging stations in without not only recouping their money, but continuing to make money on these charging stations. Because you can imagine everybody who's lived in an apartment knows that there are a, there's a wide variety of inconsiderate people out there. And there would be people who don't have an EV who park in front of the charging stations. Or there's people who have an EV and they just park their vehicle there and they charge and then they don't move it for the night. It seems like it's a good idea for, say, Tesla to want to do this. However, it just seems like the way that, anyway, that I've experienced apartment complexes and then the people who manage apartment complexes, I just don't think that anybody's going to be happy in this situation. Anybody who's a consumer is going to be happy with this situation. There's not going to be enough. The ones that are there are going to be filled. Maybe some of them are broke and don't get fixed in a timely manner. Or maybe the car, the charging uh, stations, the apartments use that as a way to charge you more money a month, and you have your own dedicated parking spot, but you're charging being charged a hundred dollars more a month plus the electricity to park at a charging station. I don't know. I guess I have a bias against apartment complex, and I will say that I've always gotten along with the people that work at the front desk. Like it's, like I don't blame the people who actually work in apartment complexes. It's the people who actually manage them at a corporate level who make these decisions, not the people who are managing the tenants at a location. Moving on our last story here before I build myself a, or dig myself a big old hole to, to bury myself in. Martin Tripp. We all know who Martin Tripp is, but if you don't, Martin Tripp took some information from uh, Giga Nevada, gave it to some journalists and possibly a Tesla short seller, claimed like gross waste and gross negligence. And there was just a, a lot of drama around this. Elon called him a saboteur and Tesla actually ended up suing him. One of the reasons why was for sharing proprietary information with third-party individuals. There's a whole thing. I'm not going to go over it again. So Tesla sued. We have now learned that Martin Tripp has lost that lawsuit that Tesla filed against him. He has to pay a $400,000 settlement to Tesla, which is a staggering amount of money for a regular human being. Now, there are people out there who are rejoicing at this news and Trust me, I don't, I do, I, I absolutely do not think Martin Tripp is a good person. However, I take no joy in his loss. This is going to affect him and his family probably for the rest of their lives. Not just the stigma of being attached to this whole case, but the financial burden. I don't condone anything that this guy did. As a matter of fact, I don't find him to be a very nice or trustworthy person. Having said that, this is a big burden that not only affects him, but affects his family. And that's where my heart goes out. And I take no joy in this settlement. I don't think that the settlement is harsh, 
but I take absolutely no joy in what this is going to do to his family, who probably had nothing to do with this, his children. That might mean no college funds for his kids or whatever. I understand that you are being punished because you committed a crime, and I'm okay with that. However, when I think of the people behind Martin Tripp, which is immediate family, it just makes me sad. So on that very sad note, <laughs> we'll end the show here. I'm really sorry. I feel my brain is moving about half the speed of my, as my mouth is. So if this show seemed off, I apologize. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. Oh, let's talk about Thanksgiving. So Sierra and I recorded last Thanksgiving. I'm trying to change up the way that I edit the show to make it easier. And I found out that editing a show with two people in it while learning new software is, let's just call it difficult. <laughs> we'll just, yeah, it was difficult. I did not get the podcast out as in the amount of time that I would want to. So just so you know, if this podcast, which I'm recording tonight, which is a Friday night on the 4th, if it doesn't get released in a couple of days or in a day or two, just keep in mind, I'm, I'm learning some new software. And at least to this point, I'm not very good at it. So we'll see what it's like just editing myself instead of myself and Sierra. Anyway, everybody, thank you very much for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful day. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I will talk to you. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.